No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to the book of Jeremiah. Israel has been laid waste, and yet no one cries out to God. Instead, they have trusted in Egypt and in their many idols. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 2 on Simply the Bible. In Jeremiah's first prophecy to the people of Judah, God identified two evils in his people. First, they had forsaken him, the fountain of living water, and they had built for themselves broken cisterns that could hold no water. We now continue in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 14. Is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he plundered? The young lions roared at him and growled. They made his land waste. His cities are burned without inhabitant. The land of Judah was being laid waste by foreign invaders, referred to here as young lions. But instead of seeking the Lord, they were turning to Egypt for help. Even though Egypt had a history of busting the heads of Israel, Judah had also turned to Assyria, but Assyria had taken the northern kingdom of Israel, and soon Assyria would themselves be conquered by Babylon. Was Israel a servant? No. The Lord had delivered him from bondage. So then why were they turning to these foreign nations who would ultimately only plunder them? Also, the people of Noph and Tapanes have broken the crown of your head. Have you not brought this on yourself in that you have forsaken the Lord your God when he led you in the way? And now why take the road to Egypt to drink the waters of Sihar? Or why take the road to Assyria to drink the waters of the river? Noph and Tapanes were cities in Egypt. Egypt had harmed them in the past and she would do so again in the future. Sihar and the river were references to the Nile and the Euphrates. So there again, Egypt and Assyria. Rather than turning to the fountain of living water in the Lord, they had turned to these nations, worldly waters that could never satisfy. They had brought plundering, burning, and desolation upon their own heads because they had forsaken the Lord. Your own wickedness will correct you, and your backslidings will rebuke you. Know, therefore, and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God, and the fear of me is not in you, says the Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah gave an important principle here that backsliding brings its own reward. It's the same message we find in Proverbs 14.14. 14. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. We often misunderstand the wrath of God. We think of some cataclysmic demonstration of God's anger, such as when he brought the flood or when he will pour out his wrath upon the world during the great tribulation. Now, these are indeed manifestations of God's wrath, but his wrath often works in ordinary ways. It's demonstrated in cause and effect relationships. We reap what we sow. Because God's wrath is so ordinary, we often mistake it for something else. 
We blame people or institutions rather than our own backsliding. Now, one of the most merciful things God can do for a backslider is to allow him to experience the consequences of his own choices. You see, it's better to be judged now through God's discipline and then turn from our sins than to be condemned with the world. The problem with Judah was that the fear of the Lord was not in them. They feared man more than they feared God, which is a common error. But Jesus taught us that we ought to fear God more than man. The worst thing man could do to us would be to kill us. But God has power over both body and soul for all eternity. For of old, I have broken your yoke and burst your bonds. And you said, I will not transgress. When on every high hill and under every green tree you lay down playing the harlot. Yet I had planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into the degenerate plant of an alien vine? For though you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, yet your iniquity is marked before me, says the Lord God. God had been so good to them. He had given them the beautiful gift of freedom, and we should never take that for granted. He broke the yoke of Egyptian bondage and brought them into a covenant of love with himself, and they vowed to keep his law. But instead, on every high hill and under every green tree, they committed spiritual adultery with other gods. God had planted them as a noble vine in his vineyard, hoping for the best fruit. But they turned into a degenerate and worthless plant. In their condition, no amount of washing with lye or soap could get them clean. The stain of their iniquity was still upon them. How can you say, I am not polluted, and I have not gone after the bales? See your way in the valley, no What you have done, you are a swift dromedary breaking loose in her ways, a wild donkey used to the wilderness that sniffs at the wind in her desire in her time of mating. Who can turn her away? All those who seek her will not weary themselves. In her month, they will find her. Withhold your foot from being unshod and your throat from thirst. But you say, there is no hope. No, for I have loved aliens, and after them I will go. One of the dangers of sin is that it blinds the sinner. The people were playing the harlot with the bales, and yet they didn't see anything wrong with it. Proverbs 30.20 says, This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wickedness. They may have thought that they were innocent, But God saw things quite differently. The Lord compared Judah to a female camel in heat who breaks loose. She was like a donkey in her time of mating who sniffs the wind looking for any male and any male will do. Now God warned her to stop her promiscuity, but she said, it's useless. I love these foreign gods and I will go after them. As the thief is ashamed when he is found out, so is the house of Israel ashamed. They and their kings and their princes and their priests and their prophets saying to a tree, you are my father 
and to a stone. You gave birth to me, for they have turned their back to me and not their face. But in the time of their trouble, they will say, arise and save us. But where are your gods that you have made for yourselves? Let them arise if they can save you in the time of your trouble. For according to the number of your cities are your gods, O Judah. Now God said that Israel was like a thief that was caught red-handed. Their kings, princes, priests, and prophets all shared the blame for this because they had said to a tree, you are my father, and to a stone, you gave birth to me. How foolish. They had turned away from the living God to worship these lifeless idols made from wood and stone. And they had led their subjects, their people, into the same idolatry. But when they were in trouble, they called out to the Lord. So God said, hey, let your own gods save you. After all, you have as many gods as you have cities in Judah. Why will you plead with me? You all have transgressed against me, says the Lord. In vain, I have chastened your children. They receive no correction. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. How could they now call upon the Lord for help when they had transgressed against him? They first had to confess their sins and turn from them, but they were unwilling. God sent them prophets to warn them, but they killed the prophets. Oh, generations, see the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness to Israel or a land of darkness? Why do my people say we are lords? We will come no more to you. Can a virgin forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. What did God do wrong? He wanted to know. What did he do wrong that the people so mistreated him? Was he a wilderness to them so that they had no sustenance? No. In fact, he brought them through the wilderness into the land of milk and honey. He blessed and prospered them and delivered them from all their enemies. Was he a land of darkness to them? No. He had illuminated their path with the truth of his word. So why then did they say, we are lords and we won't come to you? You see, man's big problem is that he wants to be the master of his own destiny. But the problem is we didn't make ourselves and we can't save ourselves and we don't make up the rules. If we refuse to come to God on his terms, then we foolishly forget what is most important. We're like a bride who forgets to wear her wedding gown on her own wedding day. This is how Israel had treated the Lord. They had forgotten him for innumerable days. Why do you beautify your way to seek love? Therefore, you have also taught the wicked women your ways. Also on your skirts is found the blood of the lives of the poor innocents. I have not found it by secret search, but plainly on all these things. Like a prostitute putting on makeup and wearing something provocative, so Israel had sought to beautify herself for her lovers. But she had become so promiscuous that she could have taught even the wicked women a thing or two. Her skirts were stained with the blood of the innocent ones. Perhaps this was a reference to her children she had sacrificed to other gods. The blood she shed was not in secret, but out in the open. 
Yet ye say, because I am innocent, surely his anger shall turn from me. Behold, I will plead my case against you, because you say, I have not sinned. Judah's worst sin was saying that she had not sinned. Because of this, God would not turn his anger away from her. It is clinging to one's own self-righteousness that will keep a person away from God's mercy and out of heaven. 1 John 1.8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we have made him a liar and his word is not in us. Why do you gad about so much to change your way? Also, you shall be ashamed of Egypt as you were ashamed of Assyria. Indeed, you will go forth from him with your hands on your head. For the Lord has rejected your trusted allies and you will not prosper by them. Why did they go from one ally to another looking for help, but they did not seek the Lord? And in the end, they would be ashamed of their association with Egypt and Assyria who would do them wrong. Now, if we put our trust in anything other than the Lord, then the day will come when we will be ashamed of our alliances. Why would we reject the fountain of living water and pursue those things that can never satisfy and never save? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see that the Lord divorced backsliding Israel but calls her to return to Him. In the future, Israel and Judah will be reunited and live in the land of their inheritance. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible.